Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome to Brumvagoon. You will get there only on a cross bike, and tomorrow I'm gonna meet Gosse because it's gonna be second of January, and I'm gonna go and ride my amazing open up at East Race in Mainland. Well, I can't wait for it. Finally, I can high five him and also tell him that he was one of the most talkative person of this podcast. No, one of the most, the most talkative person of this podcast. If you listen to this podcast and you didn't listen to the one before, I really, really tell you that you need to go back to the first episode of this two episode series and listen to the first part of my interview with Gosse and uh, you will know a bit more about him as a character, his racing experience, his riding experience and everything like this. But once that you are going back and download the other episode, I will also tell you that probably you need also to subscribe to this podcast, rate and comment if you are on iTunes, if you are anywhere else, if you can, do the same. If you cannot, just subscribe and share it with your friends. It's really important for me. So if in the first part you know already what we talked about, in the second part we're gonna talk about the bikepacking experience of Gosse, the gravel races that Gosse is gonna do in 2020, just a small sneak peek, is probably Dirty River and Dirty Kansas are gonna be there, is study, the career as a student, sorry, is studying career as geographist and cartographist wannabe, and the amazing story of himself going out and riding in Romania and racing in Romania and the amazing story of his amazing moustache. If you can see the photos of him, usually you're gonna find them into his uh, Instagram account and the handle is Gosinki with a K at the end. Well, you're gonna see that actually it's pretty, it's pretty a character with this moustache. It's pretty, pretty funny and it fits amazingly on his face. And uh, yeah, and you will want to know the story of his moustache, right? And you're gonna know about that. But anyways, this part of the episode is amazing because you're gonna really understand how cool character is Gosse and everything on what he believes, on how he wants to improve life of people in his own life and his experiences. It's not only winning and racing, it's only having an impact on the people's life. So I will let you hear living and listening to this second part of the 1st of January episode of the podcast of Broomwagen for now and talk to you later. So everybody, I don't know if you got it, but we got something like a small stop mainly because of myself that I need to go peeing super hard, but that's another story. Um, I still have three topics for you, Dan Goss, and then probably as you were saying, we are going to come out probably with two episodes of this podcast today. Let's go for the first one. So we talked a lot about cyclocross, about your race time, your layer, your race life, your life on the bicycle. But you also told me before that there is also a gravel bikepacking part, more gravel and bikepacking part in your life. Something that you're going to take away and something that you have done. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, as, as, a, as a rider who is uh, being sponsored by Bontrack and uh, yes, I would say, as, as Bontrack always calls it, being part of the Bontrack family. Uh, I, I think I'm one of the only guys who's like diehard bike racing and mm -hmm. all the other other guys who and, and girls who are riding with the bump track bikes they're all like on the adventure side and doing awesome trips and yeah of course I, I all follow all of them and awesome stories and then 
But I was like, yeah, I wanna, I wanna try this once. I literally, I had no gear at all, like nothing. And uh, yeah, but let's say I, I was, I was in touch with the right people. So uh, then I got a really nice set of bags and everything to like use and try. And uh, what did I do? Uh, because I, I also study. Uh, I was, uh, it was, it was a pretty, pretty busy planning. So when the first time I went. I went bikepacking. This was uh, after the first year I started racing for myself, and yeah, for the first year I got uh, some support from from some Italian companies, from Sell SP, They made my my saddles. Actually, they did it for uh, five years now. Uh, the Italian brand uh, Rosti made uh, made the clothes before I was always racing with. Okay. And I was racing with the uh, Gannon shoes nowadays. And or nowadays, back in the day, I'm racing with Northwave now. But the thing was, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna meet these people because the the story with uh, Cell SMP was the sponsoring of them with me started uh, when I got invited for the Mongolian bike challenge at the mountain bike event. Okay. So they asked me to come over there. I went there. I won three stages over there. It was awesome trip, everything, and they kept sponsoring me also uh, outside of that. But then I think they were always sponsoring me for two years or something. And I had never, ever met those people in, in, in real life. Okay. But they were just, yeah, we want to help you and blah, blah, blah. And, and that felt really weird to me. So then I, uh, I signed a contract to do a race in Switzerland. And I got some money to do that race. Okay. But mainly I got some money to drive back and forth. Okay. So... Uh, from the money I got from that race, I drove to Switzerland, did that race, and stayed in Switzerland. I'm always staying with a family in Bern. Okay. Well, like uh, I think last year I lived 22 weeks in Switzerland, just training, riding, racing, and always staying in Bern. So I did that race in Zurich, drove to Bern, and the race was on a Sunday. But I had a final exam at the at the university. And the thing is, in the Netherlands, if you're an athlete and you have to do final exams. The exams are on a set date. Okay. So you're not allowed to switch the exams. Mm. So the exams are every year, same time, same date, everything. Mm. But because I have the athlete certification from the like Olympic stuff in the Netherlands, they're like, you're an official athlete, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I am allowed to take these exams somewhere else. So I have to do the same day, same time, but different place. Okay. But I have to do it at the university, and then at that different university, I have to do it in like an exam room with somebody else do a check in the exam. So, via via, because I do the races in the Ecosetour in Switzerland uh, for a few years already, I like my name got a little bit known in Switzerland. And one of the professors from the university in Bern, uh, his wife, if I say correct, she was teaching, blah, blah, blah. In the end, everything came together. I was allowed to go in Bern. Do a final exam there while she was checking my exam. I was writing it on the Monday morning. Then went back to, to the house in Ben, dropped all my stuff there, prepared everything because I wanted to go bikepacking to Italy. Wow. But what but why did I do the why did I went there? I, I live in, in Germany. In Kranenburg, it's it's on the on the on the west side of Germany. It's like just it's like on the border with the Netherlands, but if you cycle from there to Switzerland, it's to Basel, it's like 600 kilometers and the first 500 kilometers are really boring and flat. Mm -hmm. 
So I was like, if I do that race, I'll just go over there with the car. I skipped the boarding part, and I just cycled from Bern all over the Alps to all over Italy, everything. Where and, in Italy, yeah, you told me already? Where was it in Italy? Uh, I, I went over some crazy high mountains. <laughs> the Alps. Oh, uh, man, it was insane snow. Okay. Oh, man, it was, it was so scary. I, because I was riding like 25 millimeter tires with like <laughs> the bags. And I was going down. It was like so much water on the wow. road. And like little streams. And it was like snow on the side. So I was like, if one of these streams is frozen... I'm, I'm gonna hit the road there with like 50, 60k an hour. Yeah. And uh, but the the coolest thing was you come over that mountain and uh, and then before you go on the mountain it's like pretty dry and cold and then you come in Italy and the flowers are nice and it's green. It's cool. I was like, oh, this is awesome. And uh, then I, I think I was biking for like something like two weeks. Mm-hmm. And but the whole budget, all the money I had was all the money that was left from the race. Okay. So. Uh, yeah, there wasn't much. So I was, I, I was doing just, I was, I was living the sketchy life again. But I was documenting a lot on social media and uh, a lot of followers. I started replying to it. But I was like, yeah. And then I was in Italy. I was like, yeah. Do you know somebody, or, or do, do you have any family in this area whatsoever? So then some of my followers were like, oh yeah, I have an uncle there. Oh, I know someone who lives there. So I, I got some, found some spots to sleep. I, I couch surfed two times. I got an airbnb once and i slept at my sponsors because i did like a little tour to visit all the sponsors okay so i cycled to to challenge cycled to sell smp and everything and then oh yeah you can sleep here and then just put my air mattress out or uh, some people like booked a hotel room or a bed and breakfast room for me so then i had like decent sleep and that's how i did the whole trip and, and that was that was insane because i came to the guys from sell smp and uh uh, so I was just calling directly with the with the with the boss. Like, oh yeah, and he was like, yeah, when are you coming? I was like, yeah, Wednesday or Tuesday. I was like, I was like, I couldn't say a set day. I was like, yeah, it depends a little bit on the wind and and the weather and blah blah. And then okay, yeah, oh yeah. And then I think it's gonna be Thursday. Yeah, what time will it be? I was like, yeah, somewhere in the morning. It might be in the afternoon and blah blah. And I gotta then, call you uh, one hour before. <laughs> yeah, but. After a certain point, he was like, I don't know what this guy is doing, but we'll see him passing by at any time. Okay. But then I was, I've been riding my bike for like one and a half week already, so my clothes needed to be dry and everything. And, but they sent me the address of the hotel where I could sleep, which was literally one kilometer away from the company. Perfect. So I thought, I'm, I'm really dirty. I'm going to meet these people who sponsored me already a few years for the first time. Like, you never get a second chance for a first impression. Yeah. So, I might take a shower first. So, I started to the hotel thing, get a shower, everything, uh, get my normal clothes on. Then I started to that company. Oh, come there. It's, oh, it's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I saw you just raised in Switzerland. Yeah, how long, did you, how long did it take you to get there? I was like, yeah, like one and a half week. And they were like, yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, I just came with the bike. And they were like, Holy shit. Yeah, I, I think they will never forget that first meeting again. And uh, yeah, that was pretty cool. Then in the evening, we went e- eating at some like local fish restaurant. It was like the best thing ever. Yeah, but then, but the plan was, yeah, and you you probably know it, but I didn't know it. 
for some reason, it was in my mind, I wanted to cycle to uh, Venice. Mm-hmm. I never been to Venice, and then I thought like, oh yeah, this, this is pretty cool, it's my goal, burn to Venice, cycle around a little bit and everything. Uh, turned out you're not allowed to ride your bike in Venice. Yes, you're not. Yeah. Yeah, so basically no one told me that. The closer I got there, less people on bikes. Then there was like this kind of bridge where it's like only touring car buses and giant parking plots before I was like, hmm. And there was not really a bikeway going there, so either way I was like on the bus lane or on the walking path. It's like, oh, this, this, oh, this is pretty hard to get on here. But just keep cycling, of course. Yeah. Then I come there, I, I come through this like this checkpoint with all those like soldiers and stuff, and, like heavy heavy guns and, and security stuff. And those guys are looking at me like, what is this guy doing here? And then I come with my bike and this bus platform. I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. And now literally every street that goes into that town thing has a sign. No bikes. Yeah, and straight away, like, 200 euro fine if you pass this sign with a bike. I was like, Ooh. So I tried multiple ones. Of course, you couldn't get in anywhere. And then I got myself a fine police escort. So then two police officers came over to me that I was not allowed to be there anymore with a bike. So I literally had to carry my bike with the bags from, from that bus platform thing over some bridges to the train station and put me on the first train back to Milan. Wow. <laughs> so that was my bikepacking trip to, uh, <laughs> to uh, Venice. But yeah. I also, I, you might have seen the movie. I made a little, so there was a, you know, to the Alps, that uh, professional bike race. Yeah. So I was cycling there yeah, on my bike and uh, I saw the signs of the course. Yeah. Signs a little bit, yeah. So I follow the sign. First cars are coming, police motors are coming. I was like, oh, cool, nice, we're racing. Yeah, to the side. Yeah, just cheering for the, some Androni, Giocazia, Bardiani uh, guys, like in the breakaway, like die hard. And uh, then all the cars are going, blah, blah, blah. Oh, I'm cycling again. But yeah, I'm not a sprinter, but I'm a really good climber. Yeah. And uh, I come there. And then everybody's already gone. You know, I, I've been doing those pro races on the road also. Yeah. And, you know, there's always a gruppetto. Obviously, yeah. And so I, was, so I started riding a little bit again. But with the bags and everything, you're not that quick. But I was just riding my cyclocross bike. Just looking back, and if the gruppetto was already gone. So, and then it was, I knew there was like an 8-kilometer climb to the finish. Yeah. So, and they're, go, they're going crazy slow on the last climb. So I saw them coming. I was like riding, 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 riding. And then I popped in into, in the Gruppetto. Yeah, I could easily keep up with them because, of course, they're not going so quick. Obviously. But I was just riding up with the bags. And I knew some guys in the peloton over there from, from the World Tour. So I started talking with some of the guys. They're like, hey, what are you doing here? Blah, blah. And then I was like, oh. And I didn't have so much food anymore. So I was like, yeah, do you have some bars and some cola for me? So I just started snatching food from the riders there in the peloton because they didn't need it anymore. And then some guy from, I don't know, some guy from Team Sky was like, uh, he was not so happy I was cycling with them. I'm like, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like disrespectful and blah, blah, blah. Because I was riding there with my frame bags and everybody like, tick, tick, tick. Yeah. And then some other guys were like, yeah, don't you know who this guy is? And they were like, yeah, it's like this guy, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, but then the other guys knew me, so that was all fine. Okay. And then even, uh, I, I was out of water and everything. 
and then I kept hanging on the team sky car for a, for a while. For water. And I kept the bottle and everything. So I finished the trip off with a team sky bottle, <laughs> which I actually got from the from the DS there, which I'll never throw away again. I was just hanging on the sky car and just riding riding to the top of them. Yeah, that's so, yeah. cool. That's bike yeah, biking that's from Gosse. That's what it is. kilometers anymore <laughs> yeah like right around the mountains instead of like doing all those climbs and uh, yeah next year i'm gonna gonna plan the stage a little bit differently but then i go with the gravel bike with the book XTC, xtc because yeah. i'm planning on doing a big gravel campaign next year a big travel campaign tell me do a couple of races work. that you want to do if you can uh yeah it's not yeah of course the program is not not yet 100 clear yet don't tell me that it's fine <laughs> Yeah, and, but um, I'm planning on coming back to the Dirty Reaper. I okay. did that one last year, and uh, it was a really, really fun, really good event. I, uh, I'm invited for the Gridfest event in Wales. Okay. And because it was the same organizer as uh, one of the races of the National Series trophies. So, uh, and that looked li really fun. Two days out in Wales, and probably do that one. I, I hope to, to get into Dirty Canton one way or another. That would be pretty fun. Finger crossed on that. It's an amazing yeah. one. Yeah. And uh, I might do an, uh, one or two extra gravel races in America there because there's a lot of races there. Yeah. Last year I did, uh, I even uh, won the Arizona State Championship gravel racing. Okay. On the, I think it was 100 kilometers, 62 mile race. But okay. yeah, I didn't got the jersey because I wasn't from Arizona. I was, yeah, I was, but, I was like, yeah, I just, I just moved in here. But yeah, they, they didn't believe it. And uh, yeah, I saw this uh, event in the Salzkammergut, Salzkammergut mm -hmm. Marathon, and uh, yeah, I'm also planning on going to Finland in uh, July for uh, two and a half weeks for the first two events of the Nordic Gravel Series. Those events look really cool, and uh, yeah, probably fill it up with some of the races in uh, in Belgium, or like races, like no, no such thing as a gravel race, of course, like the the events, uh, I know like also some of the events where my sponsors like Bumpack and Ritzy are involved in. It's like, I thought it was the Dirty Boar. It's yeah. like uh, organized by Clem, Clem Shovel. Yes. Shovel, Shovel. And uh, that that event looked insane. So I'm, I'm not sure if I've made like 380k in the art dance or whatsoever. But yeah, I'm just uh, going to see. And yeah, over the year there might pop up uh, some other events. I thought it was also a race in France. And... Yeah, you never know. There was last year some cool events in Italy as well, and yeah, yeah, just 
depends also a little bit on, on the other, uh, like the real races on the road I'll do and the training plans and everything. Yeah, I'll hope to do some gravel things. And yeah, because I'm riding the, the new gravel bike and I've never ridden an uh, official gravel bike. Uh, and the bike is like those uh, screw stuff in on the frame. Yeah. The, the thread things. So uh, I might go uh, to a little bit more luxurious bike trip with like the fenders and like the the racks, so the bike's a little bit more stable. And then, uh, yeah, do another two, two and a half week trip uh, to Italy, just uh, living the good life. And that's what I also did the last time. I ate an insane amount of pizza and drank a lot of espresso. What the hell would we want to do more, you know? Eating good and drinking good coffee. That's the only thing that you need to do. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that's, that was really fun. And uh, actually, I, I also passed uh, the house of my uh, Italian cyclocross colleague. Alizzi Maria Sufi. Yeah, and she's super strong. She's doing great this year. Yes, I'm really strong. And uh, yeah, I know she really likes Vegemite. Like, oh. you know, that stuff spread on your bread. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, ever if I see some veg some Vegemite in the stores where I come, because it's it's quite hard to get outside of Australia. It's a really Australian thing. So I always bring her some Vegemite. And uh, yeah, of course, she was also following my trip back then. And she saw I was in Italy. And she was like, yeah. Yeah, do you pass my house and everything? And yeah, well, kind of know the deal. If one of the ladies uh, ask you if you do, you also pass my house. And if you're on a two and a half week bikepacking trip, yes, it's, it's pretty easy to adjust the route a little bit. Yeah. So <laughs> I made a little detour, adjusted the route, passed her house, and she, uh, yeah, she, uh, she made a really nice cake for me. I was, uh, but I was, it was like one of those days, like six hours of rain, and literally everything I had was like soaked and wet and. <laughs> That was thing like completely cold. Then we put like all the all the clothes in the in the dryer. Then I was eating the cake and everything. And uh, yeah, that's <laughs> that's how I passed by in uh, in Serechno. And then later in the evening, we went out to dinner and everything. And yeah, living the Italian life. So uh, you kind of can guess that I I like to come back to Italy to uh, bike back around over there. Yeah, for sure. We can't wait actually to see your adventure out there. We have another topic to tackle. And it's geography. You talk that you are also yeah. a university student. And there is an amazing, a really great friend of mine, great cyclist as well, that he studied geography as a geologist at the moment. Oh, cool. And so, yeah, let's say a couple of words. You can say a couple of words also to inspire all the people out there that are doing this kind of studies or work job. Yeah, well, first of all, a lot of people always think I studied geology, but I studied geography. geography. Yeah. And geology is what's about under the Earth's surface, and I study about the stuff that's on the Earth's surface. Yeah. So, and uh, yeah, my, my big thing is uh, is maps, cartography, making maps, doing all the stuff with maps, and uh, that's uh, that's my thing. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm still doing the bachelor's. Uh, I think I'm four years in now, and uh, yeah, I hope to be finished uh, by this summer. I have uh, two courses to go and my thesis, and okay. then I'm done. And uh, yeah, I, yeah, as I said, I studied geography and I, I really want to go further in maps, making maps, uh, the whole cartography thing. And yeah, that's, uh, that's a big passion of mine, like, of course, besides sports and everything. And yeah, a few years ago, uh, actually the second year I studied because, yeah, I'm, let's say I'm a little, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a really average student. Okay. You won't, you won't, you won't see high grades on my... On my on my result list. Anyways, you're pretty busy, so I can completely understand it. Doing the exams in the middle of your racing yeah. season is not the easiest. Yeah, but in the end, in my entire academic career, 
I only failed uh, an examen the first time twice. Okay. So, I, so the thing is, uh, and, and that's I think that's the main uh, main problem with my studies, or uh, like main not a main problem with my studies. It's a it's a main problem with my motivation to study. Is uh, I really like to I really like to study. You know, like study stuff, take a test, pass the test, and like feel like winning that test. You know, like competitive. I study competitive. I, I hate losing. By grace, I hate failing exams. Okay. But because because I'm an athlete, I have those special uh, little bit like rules and regulations to, to to help you do the studies easier. And they also are a little bit more flexible with deadlines. Okay. And as as much as I like to write blogs and make make cool content online, uh, I. I'm not really into writing long essays and do this whole academic referencing stuff. And oh man, I don't like doing that. Okay. So in the end, I like I pass all the exams, and then some course like, oh yeah, you have to make this essay, or you have to write a paper on that, or that, or that. So I'm a little bit like behind on actually writing the stuff. And yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's 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 for me the hardest part actually uh, on the on the whole studies because. The study itself is like reading the books, or and yeah, I don't want to like talk my education down or whatsoever. But quite often, like for example, this year I was two months in America. Yeah. And I I won't be at the university for two months, but I have to pay full to to, to tuition fee. So I have to pay yeah. the full fee every year. Yeah. I was like, Ew. well, then I just I register for classes. I never show up. And then three days for the exam, I'll just click through all the PowerPoints. I like massive study all those PowerPoint sheets, take okay. the exam, and still pass it. That's great. With like with like the the like you need to score a five point five out of ten yeah. to pass in the next month. <laughs> and then I, it's always between five point five and six point But it's perfect actually on the edge, living on the edge. Yeah, and and then uh, there was is one mark on my entire list, and that's cartography, where I had like I think it was like a nine point nine or a nine point eight or something, and that was cartography, first year subject, making maps. Okay. Because yeah, I just I love making maps, and this was the only study in the Netherlands where you can make maps, which is it's only it's one course of an entire bachelor, and I based my education choice on that one. Like, oh yeah, we can do. We can make maps for eight weeks, so out of a three-year period. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> oh yeah, and it, and the study had like eighteen contact hours a week, so you don't have to go to the university so often. I was like, oh, that's pretty handy if you ride a bike. Okay. And uh, after I I passed that one, uh, uh, the professor asked me, or the professor, or the teacher, uh, they all have like those insane like titles in front of the name, like professor, doctor, engineers, mm -hmm. and at least like the. The teacher asked me if I uh, wanted to help out as an assistant teacher the next year. And yeah, I was like, as much as I like to share content and everything, I was like, I like to share stuff with other people. And I really like teaching. And uh, yeah, I hope the university is not listening because it's actually a paid job. Okay. But I would, I would do it 100% if it was also for free. Okay. Just because I absolutely love it. And uh, yeah, this will be the fourth year I'll be... Uh, uh, assistant teacher and last year I also gave three lectures and wow. two years ago I gave my first guest lecture wow. on my own like mapping stuff I do and uh, yeah I, I that's 
I, I, I absolutely love to do that. And that's also uh, after my cycling career. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's what I say now. Is uh, I, I don't really at the moment. I'm not sure if I have the ambition to like stay in cycling forever. You know, it's like I want to race on the highest level, and if I can't do that anymore or can't keep up with the level anymore, I'm not one of the guys who goes like race amateur races. Then yeah, it's either way top level of racing. <laughs> Or no racing. Then I'm just gonna ride for fun. Basically, what I'm doing now, also, but with the races, and also with. I really want to become a teacher, mm-hmm. but I could never be a teacher in high, in a high school or whatsoever. Why? Because, well, I, I I know myself from when I was in high school, and I'm 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 pretty sure I don't have the patience to keep up with kids like that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Hyperactive kids yeah. that don't follow you and don't want to listen to you. Yeah, or like, yeah, they just do other things whatsoever. And, okay. But that's the same thing in the university, you know. In the university in the Netherlands, it's like, it's your own choice to come or not to come. Yeah. Well, like the lectures, it, it's your own choice. So then it's always, for me, it's also if I, if I give a lecture there, then, or if I have to, to, to teach a normal class, I'm like, yeah, if you don't, if you're not here to like pick something up or if you're just doing different stuff, I'm like, it's all fine. It's all cool for me, you know, but I'm not going to put more time in you because I don't know, man, I, I passed the course already. It's like you said it to learn. And if you're not here to do it, then you can better leave. Makes sense. Or, yeah. And if you can't do that on a high school or whatsoever, but also because I've been cycling and been traveling so much all over the world, I've been to, been to China four or five times, been to a different places, been to like, Inland, Mongolia, Australia, America, you've been like all over. And I saw so many, like, uh, I don't want to say like mismanagement, but a lot of things that, like, oh, this could be a lot more efficient and everything. And then in the last few years, I started uh, to also study a lot on, uh, on, let's say, like war conflict, international conflict stuff. Okay. And yeah, to not make this whole podcast too, like, too far away from, uh, cycling. from, from cycling, and cycling. Basically, like every war has ever been, it's like either way, religious are about borders. Yeah. And they always fight about borders because no one exactly knows where the border is or who has the right to the land or whatsoever, stuff like that. Yeah. And I think with my, my like, I'm not the best cartographer in the world. Like, I don't have the most knowledge in the world or whatsoever. But uh, I know, like, uh, I can explain people in a really simple way much harder topics and for me it would be uh, really like my my dream job always would be I would be uh, become an ambassador become an ambassador for the Netherlands okay. like somewhere in Africa or in Asia or, or Southeast or whatsoever but I think also with my knowledge of mapping and everything I can make such a huge difference if you start teaching mapping and help people make create maps borders land uses in countries there's like so much less uh, uh, like less up to date as we are nowadays. Like for example, like countries in Africa or Asia, if you see like there's a lot of mismanagement or misusage of the land. Or and the thing is also you see the people who own the land or like the the valuable resources of a certain certain square meter, they're getting ripped off by bigger companies of the West who know where it is, but they can like rip off the people who actually own it because they have like they don't have the knowledge and they don't have the skills. And that would be some of the things like 
that would be be one of my dream jobs to like let's say like work for an NGO or whatsoever and I think then that, that's why also I can keep up with this whole cycling thing so long is like and and with my team that's going so well now like I don't value money that high as that's like the decisive decisive factor for a lot of things and yeah I prefer also then to take on a job for less money but that gives me a lot more pressure and uh, not like pleasure and it's a, lo- a lot more grateful they can really make a change rather than just like become the best mapper in the world and sit in an office at home all the time yes then i prefer to be like a less good mapper but to go out and and literally and really help people yes it's exactly the same thing more or less it's something like the thing that you are doing with uh, with your cycling career instead of being yeah. part of a team and then receive a lot of pressure and do just your task and act like i don't know kind of a wooden soldier actually yeah. you prefer to have something like a job that gives you a bit more of freedom and also yeah possibility of do different things it's the same thing with your future as you will picture it in the future this year I went uh, I went to a race in uh, Mika Sasa in Romania mm-hmm. first ever UCR race in Romania well the race didn't really have any budget or whatsoever and well as a, as a professional cyclocross racer normally for the race we get paid to come and then you get the prize money and everything and in the end like of course like I have to pay the rent also I paid this complete trip myself plane tickets everything it was like the race didn't really have much budget but like uh, got in touch with the organizer and they were putting so much effort in it was going so well and everything and it was like a town of 2,000 people in the middle of nowhere like the the the, the main road was like just a dirt road okay I, I had like no clue where I was ending up but I, I got there with my bikes and everything they picked me up from the airport and it was like the most warm welcome I'd ever had I, I stayed with the parents of the of the of the organizer and they made the food for me and they wow. made their own cheese their own bread they literally shared everything with me and to be part of something like that and to help yeah that meant also a lot for those people but for me it's that's what i think that's for me much more important in my career where it's all about than actually like let's say in five years that i say like yeah i won 15 professional races yeah i i want to win five races and have a career that has really has like influence and hasn't has had an effect on people or countries or cycling or whatsoever anywhere than to just like go completely for yourself and like oh yeah i just come here just do this race fuck off again and that's it and now i just took the time came two days earlier help people help building the course uh, did the training everything and yeah that that's that's for me much cooler and then also i was there and yeah, i don't want to say like people are poor there what's sort of like not at all and but you just see, like, they have a lot less than we do over here. And then mm. I got the prize money for the race. It was paid in, uh, yeah, the, the Romanian currency. It was, like, 25 euros. Wow. If you, if you swap that at, 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 the, at the airport, you get, like, 10 euros back for it because, like, they steal you off with the race. Yeah. I couldn't do anything with the money. So I gave it to the, to the people I stayed at in their house because... Yeah, they, they gave me a complete room with the bed. They made food for me three times a day. And it was all homemade. Homemade cheese, homemade bread, homemade like stuff to spread on that bread. It was so, so amazing. And then they absolutely did not want to have that 25 euros. Yeah. And I stayed for like four days. And then like finally, yeah, it was like a little bit like back and forth and finally insisting on like, 
yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it here anyway. So I really hope you you spend it. And also, I I went to the bank before. I got twenty euros from from their currency, and then I I really had to like make an effort to spend that money there in that little village because point one it was was like only one shop to buy stuff, yeah. and point two it was ridiculously cheap. So then I'll just buy bought a crazy amount of water jugs and fruits and everything just to like leave over there just to like try to give something back and yeah that was was an experience that had a lot of like value for the people there but also for me it's like for me that's yeah then then you realize for me as an athlete that's where it's all about and i think that's also easier for me to like if you lose a race or or if it's if it's going a little bit less as well because actually this year results wise is it's the worst year of my career so far. Okay. But if I if I now at the moment if I look back at my season so far already, this has been the season I had the most impact on other people ever. Might even has been like the most successful season so far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what a lot, that's what a lot of people often forget, and that's that's something that's like hugely important for me, and that's what also like drives me a lot and. Also, yeah, as I said, with all the mapping stuff, like after my career, would be awesome to to keep doing that. That's great. That's really, really, really great. I have the last question for you, Gosadan. Yeah. And it's a bit more. Now we talked about super important topics, but now we need to talk about something really important, but a bit more frivolous, I would say. I was watching the video of yourself in Switzerland, in Bern. And there is actually something like the last part of the video that you're talking about your mustache. And actually yeah. it's cut because it's fast forward till the end. So yeah. <laughs> make a smaller version, otherwise we are going to do produce something like a couple of, of episodes of this podcast, as you said already. But tell me the story <laughs> of your mustache, man. Yeah, well, yeah, I think you can make, almost make a complete podcast out of this. And yeah, when I saw it, like fast forward, my mouth was like... Yeah. All the time, I was like, oh, ooh. I think they even cut the part out of it. Okay. But uh, yeah, I, I don't want to go too. Then I'll, uh, well, let's say I, I should. I, I'm not going too much in detail then. But uh, the podcast, I, uh, the podcast, uh, the mustache story uh, started a few years ago, and because I think I already have the mustache now for around yeah, also four years or something already. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was uh, as a cyclist rider, you do like between 30 and 35 races a year, starting in September until February. And that's a lot of races in a short period of time. It's, it's really intense. And of course, at the beginning of the season, you're pretty motivated, training a lot, doing the races, blah, blah. Then you come towards the Christmas period, January, training goes down, races is like stacked up race. In the, between like Christmas and New Year's, it's like eight races in 10 days. Wow. That's like, that's like not a lot of training. It's like race, 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 race. And yeah, then you have had the national championships and then world championships at the end of January. And then it's like most of the times like three to four weeks left of the season. And yeah, let's say on general, the motivation of the most riders goes down a little bit. You're getting tired of all the traveling, like loading your body up to the race all the time. And the thing is, uh, yeah, I don't exactly 100% know if this is true, but I once saw or read it that in Canada or in America, I don't know, with those ice hockey guys, if they are in the playoffs, yeah. they don't shave up their beard. Okay. So 
So from the start of the playoffs, they start playing up, and then until they're in the final. Uh, but they like, yeah, some kind of like, uh, they they just like believe in it or something. Yeah. But they just don't shave off the beards anymore uh, until they reach the final, and then they shave it off to to win. And uh, yeah, with some guys on the national team and other twenty threes, we made like this little bet of let's say we were all like the motivation was a little bit down. I was like, oh yeah, yeah, you know, Canadian guys do this and blah blah blah. Let's do that and everything. And uh, so with some other guys, for example, Steve Mouthers, and he still has a little beard nowadays. Uh, we kind of like decided like not shave our beards anymore. Okay. But not all guys in the under twenty threes and everything have the biggest beards. Yes, it's true. Uh, so, most of our beards are pretty nasty because it's like not really complete beards, like some hairs over there, some hairs over there. It's like, it's like not looking good at all. But I was, have always been really uh, intrigued with mustache, mustaches. I always thought they were like, really cool, like those old black and white photos and everything with old mustaches. I was like, oh, this is cool, blah, blah. But, of course, if you're like 20 years old or something, it's pretty hard to start growing a mustache. So, you have to like shave it off pretty often so it grows back and shabab grows back okay so it like gets a little bit full but i know like yeah then you have like this if you only leave the mustache especially in the beginning it's it's really nasty it's like uh, it's like some little hairs over there and that should be a mustache. but then uh we got a legit reason to keep uh, to not shave the beard for a long time so i didn't shave for like four weeks or something and then we should shave off after or before the last race but I crashed in the second to last race and I I had an injury or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So I crashed over there and I did not do the last race. So then the guys were like, oh, yeah, no, you're not allowed to see a good beard anymore, and blah, 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 you know, stuff like that. So I was like, okay, fine. And then I didn't shave my beard off for another three or four weeks, you know. So I, I got quite a quite a full beard. I like, don't want to say full beard, long beard. Okay. But then I was like, this is my moment to get the mustache. But I know like the next few months will be hard. So I shaved off the mustache or I shaved off the beard and kept the mustache. And I had, I had legit, I had like a porno mustache. Okay. Like a real one. Like just like the stripe and not so nice, not so pretty at all. And yeah, it, yeah. Let's say in the after season parties in the bars, I was I was not getting the most attention of the woman because okay. yeah, but yeah it was it was it was not looking good. But I like in the beginning like I have an elephant skin. I don't really care that much what other people say about me because also as you said I put up a lot of content online and sometimes also like people react negative to that or something like I couldn't be bothered too much with it. But also with the moisture. Now you have to get over it now. If I don't do it now, you're never gonna do it. So, bam, I went over it and uh, took six to seven months wow. for it to grow to get like the little points in the side. Okay. It, it took forever. And uh, there's a saying in the Netherlands, if you want to grow uh, your mustache quicker or if you have like hair losing stuff and you want to grow your hair back, you have to put uh, chicken shit on it. Uh. And then... Chicken shit from a special breed of chicken, from oh. Barnefelder chicken. It's like the brown chicken with the yellow legs. Okay. So if you put that on, then it grows quicker. Of course, complete bullshit, of course, but I told everybody that I was doing that. Oh, okay, and, uh, perfect. Okay, 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 because it's super gross, by the way. 
Yeah, but a lot of foreign people actually believe that. Okay. And then it kept growing, 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 growing. And then after a year, I, I got the mustache. And uh, yeah, kind of like got out to it. And yeah, well, as the years, the bias has been a little bit bigger, a little bit smaller, everything. I once cut it off like wrong way. So I was a little bit in a hurry. I had to cut it off. And I, I literally cut the complete like curl out of it. And then, then I, I felt really bad. It took like another four months to grow it back, you know? It's no like, way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that sucks. Because like the, the points at the end are pretty long. But to have those hairs grow that, that long, it's not, it's not going quick. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, yeah, I also had a little bit long where it like fell over my lips. Okay. But it was like a legit brush. It was like a Mexican mustache with like the points on the side. But now I have it more arrow, also with the cross, with a lot of mud and everything. And I, I don't have the beard so much, so often anymore. So I, I prefer now to be like clean shaved at the side. So my mustache comes out a little bit nicer and there's not a lot of mud sticking in. And yeah, then like, oh, over four years later, I still have the mustache. And yeah, a lot of people have never seen me without. And actually, uh, yeah, I think this cross season, uh, my friend Joris, he did some online research because he's... He lives for Paris Roubaix. It's like Paris Roubaix is his dream race. I think he once finished fifth in it, and uh, hopefully he gets his first shot in the professional Paris Roubaix this year with Team Sunweb. Oh wow! But, uh, yeah, but this is his thing, and he w- he went in the archives of Paris Roubaix. Turned out the first winner of Paris Roubaix. I might not say one hundred percent true correct statement, but was some kind of German guy in nineteen. 19- or 18 something. I don't know how old. Like, first guy, he had the exact same mustache as I had. With a curl and everything. Yeah, and he even looks like me. <laughs> it was not you, right? No, 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 no. <laughs> but then he uh, starts setting up me the phone. Yeah, this is you and blah, blah, blah. And now, like, all those old bike riders from back in the day, or like, the mustache and everything, they're like, they're so freaking awesome. Yeah. So, uh, and I just, I kept up with the mustache and, um, yeah, now just yeah, I don't know. I kept up with it, and yeah, main goal on like, okay, this sounds really weird, but main not main goal, but one of the goals is I really wanted to do that heroica thing once. Yes, you have to, yeah. With the old bikes and everything, and I'm scouting out the internet a little bit to buy an old cycling jersey, mm-hmm. like the the wool ones, and uh, then get my mom to uh, like how do you say like uh, stitch it up. Yes, 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 and, yes, yes, to sew it. And stitch my sponsors on it since like bump track and hunt and uh-huh. everything to have like to do like eroica stealth eroica with like my team jersey as i'm riding it now with like hunt and everything on it but then like old school style and then with like the peaky blinders hat on with the mustache and drinking some like champagne and everything and uh, yeah i really want to do that one <laughs> that's great it seems like a great plan yeah, and then that's like then the, the mustache come comes back to to where it belongs and uh, yeah, to yeah, the that's early actually the story 90s. of the mustache. Sorry, that's actually the story of the mustache. Yes, it's pretty. Yeah, it's pretty clean and interesting. I would say it looks good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's like uh, yeah, I've been to uh, also to like some barbers uh, sometimes and everything, and I also think like uh, yeah, because of like the. Okay, now we're go, now we're gonna. It's it's hard to see on a podcast, but the face of my head is like. Uh, let's say I have a pretty wide cheek line. Yeah. So so my face is not really like. Uh, you have guys who have like really slip 
spaces. Yeah, 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 yeah. But my head is a little bit round. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, let's say, yeah, it's a little bit round and wide. But my, my, my jawline, my cheeks are, are pretty straight line, but pretty wide. Yeah. And if you have a preach, uh, I figured that one out, like, I heard it from the barbers and all the other stuff. Like, it's not my own knowledge, but okay. if you have a straight cheek line and everything with like the cheekbone standing out, and then you have a white, nice handlebar mustache, clean shaven, then your mustache pops out really nice. Yes. But the thing is, if I'll if I have the beard, I also had the beard uh, once where it was like I think like one centimeter or one and a half centimeter, like long beard. But then like my head is already pretty round, but then my beard was also pretty round. Yeah. So I was like, I was pretty much looking like Santa because I was like, it was all so round and then the mustache completely faded away. So that's why I'm now going more for clean shape and it's, it's also more aerodynamic and a lot less bodies keep hanging in it if you're a cyclocross rider. <laughs> yeah, 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 perfect. Yeah, it fits you perfectly. So it's a perfect choice. Cool, Gosse. It was really an amazing conversation with you today. Thanks a lot for no, all the chats and thanks a lot for all the inputs and stories that you've told around. Uh, there's a lot more stories to be told, but there's also a lot more stories that actually should be told after my career to not tell them during my career because, yeah, so <laughs> when you travel a lot, you meet a lot of cool people and you experience a lot of cool things. So as a lot of bike riders, uh, they write a book after the career. I, uh, I prefer to do a theater tour. Yeah, it sounds so good, actually, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to write a book or everything. Also, because I don't like to write papers and essays and stuff, and book takes even longer to write. I just want to do like a theater tour, like just like stand up, tell the stories, have some guests come in to like who are part of the journey and everything, and just like have a great evening. And yeah, not like don't be focused too much on all the results and all the all the wins or losses or everything, but just yeah, just like I told like. Things that happen in Romania, things that happen in America, things that happen in China, things that happen in Australia. If, you, if you've been all over the world, you have so much cool stories to tell. And in the end, it's like, it's my bike who brought me everywhere, but it's, it's the people who make the stories. Yeah, makes sense, makes sense. I can't wait to see this show then. Yeah, I, I, yeah, but I, I, it's like postponed as long as possible, of course, because I want to like stay, stay racing for, uh, for as long as possible. So. Yeah, I can wait 20 years. Uh, well, that's, that's a long time. <laughs> I always I always said, like, I keep racing professionally on a, as long as I can pay my rent from it. Ah, makes sense. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. And it's a good plan. Yeah, and also, I, I think also a, a thing that's a lot different from a lot of other bike riders is, especially from, from the youths and when I was in the under-23s, I never, this sounds really weird, but I never had the ambition to turn pro. Okay. So, and I, I've seen so much kids, and I still do, like, Nowadays, juniors uh, under 15, like kids, all have the power meters, carbon bikes, uh, energy gels, all that stuff. They're like, already from when they're like 12 years old, they're like almost training every day. And I was like, when I was second year under 23, I was like training like two or three times a week. I was like, uh, just ride a bike when I have fun. And then, but also because, because my trainer also said like, if you ever turn pro, there will be a lot of days where you have to ride your bike, even if you don't want to ride your bike. Mm -hmm. So it's better just to keep having fun as long as possible. And yeah, in the end, like, yeah, I don't want to say I made it, but in the end, I can pay my rent from racing a bike. And that's the, that's for me, the thing that makes me really happy now, but it's not that I, 
I'm like, yeah, I don't want to work. I never want to do anything else. It's like, yeah, just just what I do. And I never had the ambition to do it, but I just love to race my bike, ride my bike. And I think that's that's the thing that brings you the most in it. And also, if you see careers of, of guys who have been in the pro peloton a long time, they were never like insanely obsessed with themselves or bike racing or whatsoever. They just love the bike. Yeah. For example, Lauren Stendam. He has like this insane long career just because he loved the bike. I don't want to say he's like not talented or whatsoever, but it's just like they love racing the bike and that's that then you can stick up with it as long as possible and just like have the have the nicest time. And if you see those guys are like insanely talented, they just like they've been shining for a few years and then the spirit is burned out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Cool, Gosse. It was a great pleasure and for sure we'll talk to you super soon. Also, probably we're going to meet in Switzerland in one week. Actually, probably we, when this episode is going to be live, it's going to be tomorrow. <laughs> okay, well, see you tomorrow then. Okay, exactly. See you tomorrow. Ciao, Gosse. <laughs> ciao. Ciao, ciao, ciao. If you have made it till here, this means that you are my heroes, first of all. You are some of my best followers and that you like the story of Gosse, right? So continue following him on Gossinki on Instagram. This is the handle. And also gossevandermeer.com, that is his website. And once that you are there, just follow me also on the Instagram, CC. That's my Instagram account. And also, if you're listening to this podcast and blah, 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 just remember, if you want to make me a favor and give me some pleasure, you can go to iTunes and then subscribe, rate, and review this podcast or if you can do it on the other platform do it there otherwise just subscribe and share it with your friends it's pretty important for me thanks a lot for listening to this double episode of the broom vegan first two episodes of 2020 happy new year everybody and also i really want to apologize for the noise that is in this room. Um, I am at my mom's place and the studio is not completely isolated and for noises and stuff. Last words to my friend Lele, recover super soon for your injury at the collarbone. And thanks a lot for listening and talk to you next week with another amazing story. Bye.